0: You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie back. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is back Got Miko in the house. Hello, world. And we're live here at Native Hostel. Thank you so much to the staff for letting us host our podcast here. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this show. But before I introduce our special guest, this show is brought to you by Austin Austinite. You know, if you want to take your significant other out on a date or your family's in town, you don't know what to do. You know, what's going on, and you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. So Night pairs live music events with dinner at a restaurant and transportation. So just like you book a flight or book a hotel room, you book a night out. So if you have no plans for date night, you're like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't want to do any research. AustinNight.com. Check out the, all the events we got. We got all the events from uh, Antone's, Cedar Street, Empire Control Room. And as far as restaurants, uh, Peche, Russian House, and Wu Chow. So, you look at pick the show, then pick the restaurant pairing, add transportation if you want, and then you're ready to go. Car comes to pick you up at home, and you're out on a good night. Uh, use promo code FDBK for 20% off. And that's it. Austin Night, nightlife Life delivered. All right, I am so pumped about this show. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Bob Duke, Dr. Bob Duke in the house. I gotta say, doctor, because I, I was looking at the title and it's like uh, no, uh, no. Marlene and Morton Mayerson Centennial. Uh, that's yeah, That's, all right. that's all right. My, My mother st- would st-
1: like to say that, but it, <laughs> can okay. I just say, yeah. Bob? Yeah. Okay, Bob. Yeah. Got <laughs> that's good. Bob Duke and Art
0: Markman, thank you so much for coming. That's good to be here. From two guys in the head, fellow podcasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Now you know it's good to have people who know how to actually hold the mic. Sometimes <laughs> we have people. Who I don't
2: know who those people are. (laughs) Anyway,
0: welcome to the audience. We have a really good audience. Thank you so much for coming. Really appreciate it on a Sunday, a hot Sunday afternoon. So we're going to be talking about the psychology of nightlife. As you know, the feedback podcast is about the nightlife experience. It's our conversation about different perspectives on nightlife. So we try to, you know, bring some topics to light, get some stories out there uh, from the folks who make nightlife what it is. But, you know, as a nightlife fan myself, as a downtown rat, if you will, for
2: a a decade. A member and the president. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've always always wondered,
0: like, what is it about nightlife that's so compelling to people that makes them want to partake? into this this experience and who better to ask than psychology professors. <laughs> so I wanted to get your take on it, but before we do, tell me a little bit how you guys got into this this psychology. Like what was it about psychology that, that went tilting your head and you're like, that said this is what I want to do, art?
3: Yeah, so uh for me I I uh I went to college, didn't know what I wanted to do. I took some economics because I thought that might be cool and I didn't like it. And I took <laughs> some physics and it didn't like me. <laughs> uh, and uh and, and, and kind of drifted into a combination at, at, when I was in college of, of computer science and psychology. Interesting. And at the time, computers were slow and stupid. So I, I went the psychology route. <laughs> and uh, and, and that's, it's worked out all right. And never look back. Never look, never look back. Never exactly <laughs> right. look back. What do you love? Uh, you know, I've always been curious
1: about people. But uh, actually, I started my career as a music teacher uh, in a school, uh, and I found learning interesting, and uh, I've been a student of learning all my life. And uh, the older I got, and the more degrees I collected, I started <laughs> studying more things about how human beings learn and what leads us to behave the way we do. And uh, and I didn't look back either. That's right. There you go. The we X have to bring him back uh, on
2: his music teaching side. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what about the podcast? So, two guys on the head.
3: Um, how did that? How did that come about? Like, did, how did that? So, so the, the quick version of the story, um, I, I run a program at, at uh, the University of Texas called the Human Dimensions of Organizations, mm-hmm. and, uh, and when it first started, uh, we were trying to find some ways to let more people know about it, and so one of the things we did was call uh, KUT – and and say, listen, you have this show called Views and Brews at the Cactus Cafe. Um, could we come and do some talk about something that would be related to this program that we that we have that mm-hmm. teaches people in business about people, and uh, and they said sure. And so um, I thought, well, it's a music venue. I should find somebody who seems related. So I called Bob since he's in the music school, and mm-hmm. uh, and we went and talked about how to think effectively, and we had a great time. And uh, they called us back a year later to do another one. And, and when we got there, uh, Rebecca McEnroy, who produces Views and Brews, said, listen, I talked to the people at the station. Do you guys want to show? And we looked at each other and she said, well, think, think car talk, but for the mind. Hmm. And we went, oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Done. <laughs> Done. And, yeah. We and can do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next yeah. thing we knew, we had microphones in our face. Yeah, exactly.
2: How long ago was that?
0: About five years. Five years. Yeah. yeah. Five years. How many episodes today? Pardon me? How many episodes today? Uh
1: I'm,
3: I'm yeah,
0: 180,
1: like, something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad to see more podcasts, you know, coming up in Austin. Yeah. Like I started this four years ago. There wasn't that many, I can't say I'm a pioneer or anything. But now it's like it. shut up. <laughs> 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 but now I mean it's it's great to see more podcasts in Austin yeah. about anything and everything. I, yeah. I think it's a great platform to have conversations. Absolutely. You know, you control your own content. I'm not gonna make the whole
1: you know. Well, it, it 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 was very fortuitous for us because we don't know what we're doing, and and Rebecca, mm-hmm. who knows a lot about podcasting and is quite yeah. uh, an entrepreneur when it comes to that sort of thing, uh-huh. uh, knew how to set this up to make it go. So we're very fortunate to be working with her.
0: Well, thank you for being here. We yeah, appreciate it's our pleasure. It. Yeah. Sure. So, first broad question: like, what is it about going out that's so <laughs> enticing? I'm just going to start there, and we're going to dive a little deeper.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, you know, I think I think the first thing is that um, we are a social species. And and so, um, you know, if you think about watching a comedy movie, for example, mm-hmm. you know, comedies are much funnier with a group than than alone. I mean, before before right. we started, you, you know, uh, you know, you were you're were talking about a movie, a, a comedy movie that was playing in which people were quoting along and singing. Um, that is unlikely to happen when you're alone. In, in your own home, uh, it's just you. You actually feel, oddly enough, more self-conscious and less enthusiastic about doing that sort of thing all alone. But but in a social group in which everyone's doing this, things are funnier, things are more exciting, music is better, uh, and so and so we really do take advantage of that of that the, all those areas of the brain that are really designed to to get us uh, engaged socially. And I I think we're very attuned to the people
1: around us, right? So if other people are enjoying things and we're in their presence, mm-hmm. we're more likely to enjoy them as it's well. contagious. Yeah, That's right. yeah, right? So, I mean, the, the, there is that aspect of being a human being and responding to the people around you. You know, it's interesting when, when, when VHS... Uh, videos came out and people were you could buy a movie and or rent mm-hmm. a movie and go watch it at home everybody pr- predicted the demise of movie theaters because who would go out if you could watch the movie at home right and of course movie theaters are packed and it's not they're not packed just because the sound's better and the screen's bigger that's maybe part of it mm-hmm. but the big thing is you're watching it with a bunch of other people and even though you don't know them right just the fact that you sense that other people in the room with you are reacting and responding to the same things that you're responding to makes it a richer experience for any individual in the room.
0: But what, what is it about specifically the nighttime where you know that like you know, during the day we're all straight-laced, we go to work, we dress nice, we look nice, we're all proper, and then sun goes down, and then that's it, we're just let loose, we go crazy, we, that's where crime happens, that's when <laughs> stupid things happen, anything past midnight, I mean, what is it about the nighttime that, that we, really loved, you know, to be a part of. Yeah.
3: Well, no, no, no. I was going to say so. so <laughs> I love this. No 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 no, no, no. No, 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 no. I got this. It's, it's, it's an hour of that. <laughs> so, well, you know, one, one of the things about the nighttime is um, you don't have any responsibilities after that. You know, so when you True. get up in the morning, right? right. If, you, if you start your morning with, with, a, with a Bloody Mary, right? Nothing, nothing else of substance is going to happen the rest of the day, <laughs> whether, whether you want it to or not. Um, but, but by the time the evening comes... Right. You 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 really do have this opportunity to say, OK, I've done all the productive stuff I'm going to do today. Mm-hmm. And now and now it's my time to just to relax and enjoy. And so so there's a there, there's there's a variety of things happening. So part of it is a social contract that we have with everybody that right. we're going mm-hmm. to do what we're going to do during the day and then and then we're going to enjoy at night. And so that's a piece of it. But also, you know what, by the evening, by the time the evening comes, you're a little bit tired. Which uh, which reduces some of your inhibitions, right? So if you think about why wouldn't you necessarily want to dance in front of a bunch of people or or sing in front of a bunch of people? Well, part of it is we've got these frontal lobes in our brain, and part of the function of them is to is to is to do a lot of reasoning, but another part is to stop you from doing dumb things, hmm. and and so. Um, and, and, and so what we do at night is, is a variety of things to try and impair that, that system that's going <laughs> to calm you down, some of which is just you're, you're a little bit more tired, right? And you've had a whole day of kind of controlling your behavior, so your brain doesn't particularly want to control yourself anymore. Uh-huh. And then we help it along. You know, with with the with with, with a beer or something right. like that, that also dampens the function of of those frontal lobes. And so now you put yourself in in an environment in which you're actually going to do some of the things that you might have been self conscious about before.
1: Yeah, and I, I I think another component of this, it's really an important piece of it, is is the ability for choice making. You know, when most of us are doing things, we're doing during the day, as I was saying, we have responsibilities, and what those responsibilities lead to mm-hmm. is other people. Or circumstances deciding what we need to do, right, so there are things that have to get done, maybe even on a schedule and and or we have bosses that are telling us what things are supposed to be done. So not a lot of choice making that happens. Right. But when work is over, just the fact that and work usually ends for most people at the end of a day and at the beginning of an evening. Mm-hmm. Well, now there are all opportunities to decide, well, where are we going to go and what do we want to get? choose if we're going to a restaurant? What do we want on the menu if I'm going to bar? What do I want to order to drink? And there are all these opportunities to make choices and choice making for most of us is a really positive thing. It's kind of like a
0: um, like a yin and yang, a balance act, really. You know, daytime, nighttime, straight lace. You know, let loose. You know, no choice during the day, but then at night I can do whatever. You know, whatever I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and is that something that's ingrained in the, in us? Like we we
2: we feel is that biological? You saying? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, certainly, all of us want to have a sense of agency, meaning that we can make decisions about what happens to us and make decisions that affect the world around us. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we're in a job where there are a number of strictures that limit what we can choose and limit how we can make our own decisions, well then the opportunity to get out of that and now have a chance to make decisions. And then we combine that with what Art was mentioning a few minutes ago about being with other people. And they're in the same frame of mind Well, you can see how all of that leads to a really positive kind of vibe that comes about when you have people who for the last eight or nine hours, whatever it's been, have been doing things that they're meeting their responsibilities and making sure they're on schedule and those kinds of things. And now suddenly all of us have sort of been freed from that. Mm -hmm. And now we have opportunities to make all kinds of choices and make them together.
3: Uh, That's a pretty appealing thing. And and then you get some contagion on top of that. So there's this idea of goal contagion, which is if you see people doing something, it makes you want to do the same thing. And this is why there'll be nights where you're thinking, ah, I don't know if I want to go out tonight. I'm tired. It's been a long week, but then you drag yourself out. And once you get out, you're, you're happy. You mm-hmm. went out cause everyone's, everyone's <laughs> dancing or singing or doing what they're doing. And, and what happens is you actually do get carried along by the energy of what's going on. You get carried along by what people are doing. You see people doing things. that makes you want to do the same thing, which can be great. Most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody's if somebody's lining up a, a row of shots on the bar and that that creates the contagion to join in that maybe, maybe well, not he, always. We all have yeah, that, that, great friend. Thing. <laughs> that, that friend that calls
0: and goes, all right, we're going out tonight.
3: And like, Unless well, you tired. are I'm tired. I'm tired, I don't know, yeah. I got to be up.
0: I,
2: come on, you got to, you <laughs> yeah. deserve
0: this. you work worked hard all week. You got to call. We all have that friend, right?
2: I, I want to explore something y'all said earlier. It's a that thing that's come up a couple times. And that is, uh, you were talking about day and night. Uh, during the day, your job, uh, a metaphor for your job, whatever you're doing, a responsible time. Um, you have these different, different restrictions, you don't have as much agency, and at night, that gives you your more agency to go choose and do things, right? So that's part of the yin yin yang there. With that in mind, with that, that paradigm in mind, would you say maybe, is there any link that y'all have seen data-wise between the more restrictive your job, the more, the more almost suffocating the job is, maybe the more you're willing to, <laughs> the, the, you're, the more you're wanting to go out, the idea of you, know, you work hard, play hard, is, is that yeah. truly a connection between that? Does that factor in?
3: There, well, there is. Yeah, yeah good, I mean, good. so there is. There is a. Um, there is some work on self-control, arguing that the more self-control you have to exert during the day, mm-hmm. uh, the the less self-control you have left over by the time <laughs> the night comes.
2: <laughs> is it like almost you have a, a so like a limited
3: pool of self-control well, in a day? So that's been the argument, yeah. right? Is is that yeah? It's that it's that self-control is a limited resource. And that if you deplete it during the day because you've you've had to put on a good face for the boss and do a bunch of things you didn't really want to do, that the nighttime comes and you're just done with that, Hmm. and and so now uh, now you're it's not so much that it's not so much a catharsis meaning I have to do this in order to feel better. Mm -hmm. It's more that all of these drives to do stuff that you might have been able to withhold earlier in the day, you're just done withholding stuff. Yeah, but and and I, I think another thing about that
1: too is that when you're in a situation that's stressful, mm-hmm. right? I, a lot of this has to do with how you respond to the, the circumstances stress. you are during the day. So it's not just how restricted you are, how limited you are in making choices. It's how you as an individual react to that. I mean, some people find that comforting. They like not to have to make decisions and mm-hmm. how other people just to kind of direct them in what they should be doing. Other people find that very frustrating. And so it's not a matter only of what you're having to do it's how you're responding to what you're having to do and i think if you're in a situation where you feel like man i am being hemmed in here and it's driving me crazy i think there's even more effort required as arch talking about to kind of Keep myself together in this right. situation, and so when I'm done and I get to escape, well, I certainly am going to feel more of a need to kind of let everything out now that I have been holding in all day.
2: You know, got it. So that friend that buys all the shots, we need to tell him to get a new job.
3: <laughs> no, but th- there is but this one sense. that keeps paying enough for him to keep buying. <laughs> right, yeah, right, exactly. right, 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 yeah. Yeah. You
1: don't give exactly. it <laughs> right. Right,
3: but, but the
0: um the way that we rationalize it, you know, when we as simple as it sounds, as simple as you guys describe it, like look, it's just really a need to be social that's that's ingrained in us. Yeah. That's you know, we it's a balance act, like we were saying earlier. But we still try to rationalize it with BS, really. <laughs> going, oh well, I you know, I work hard today, or there's there's a there's a special event, but it's at the core of it, it's really that simple. But why why is it that we need to really like think it through and and convince ourselves
1: really to really partake in this well we're wonderful storytellers and uh <laughs> and i mean that's 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 part of the the beauty of a human brain is we can make up all kinds of stuff actually and and a lot of it sounds pretty reasonable except mm-hmm. a lot of it as you say is not reasonable it's just sort of some post-hoc rationalization for what mm-hmm. we're doing but I, but i think you know we we have a need to make the world understandable. And a lot of the world is just random, and we don't like that. And mm-hmm. so we look for a way to explain either a feeling that we have or a felt need that we have, so we can concoct wonderful stories that will allow us to say, well, that explains it, mm-hmm. when actually that may, might not explain it at all. I mean, it's not that all those stories are bullshit, but I mean, some of them may be. Right. And, and we don't. we have a difficult time ourselves telling which of those are the accurate ones and which ones aren't.
3: And and there's a cultural component to this, too, right? So, I mean, American culture... Is is an interesting one in that in that there's a there's a prescribed norm that we're supposed to be responsible. We're supposed to you know do mm-hmm. the right thing, and so we then have to create an excuse for just going out that and having true. a good time on a you know particularly if we're doing it in, uh, at an off time. Like if you're going to go out on a Thursday, you need a reason, <laughs> right? We're, and and that's not true of every culture, right? I mean, there's plenty of cultures where you know uh, do do your hard work during the day, but then you know go out and have a four hour dinner you know yes and 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 so and so when you're in a culture that requires that kind of excuse making well you know we've got this massive frontal lobe and one of the things it's good at doing is creating excuses
0: (laughs) yeah just to give you an example i'm i grew up in france and until i came here i never heard someone say i'm gonna get my french sorry i'm gonna get fucked up tonight I've never heard anybody say that before, like as in I'm making a statement and I'm making it a mission. And if I fail at this mission, I feel horrible by myself. Yeah. And chances are, yeah, you're going to get fucked up. Then, they had but, a small frontal lobe. Yes. But in 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 Europe, where I, where I grew up, it's it's more of a oh, if we happen to let's get together. You know, it's not that big a deal. We don't. It doesn't have to be a birthday or a bachelorette party. It Doesn't have to be this big production. Who's driving? Who? Yeah. What time do we get yeah. there? No, it's just, hey, uh, let's go eat. It's that yeah. simple. And then the, the dinner lasts four hours. But at, at no point, someone said, "Oh yeah, I'm here because I want to get drunk." Or it, it's really that basic of a mm-hmm. of a reasoning and. It's 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 a contract that I've noticed. Everything, not everything, but people in this country like to do things big, and it's it's, it's always it always struck me, and I don't know why that is. It's <laughs> it's like, they, like,
2: they oscillate <laughs> between extremes. So yeah, it's, yeah like it's all everything's got
0: to be huge and extreme, and you know yeah. you decide, yeah, I'm going to get fucked up tonight. I'm like, well, all right, go for it. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's the trophy. Here you go. Yeah. Well, you know, I I think some of that is. Attributable to having uh, high aspirations for intensity, you know what I mean. You you want something to be not just good, you want it to be great. And what that has to do with I don't know a movie you see or mm-hmm. a, a new album that comes out or a new restaurant you try. You know, there's an aspiration. Everything needs to be the best, high intensity,
3: got to be winning.
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and I and I and I think one of the challenges of that. It, 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 is that it creates an intention where somebody says, I, I got to get wasted. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't just have a drink with somebody and have a conversation. Right. Because that's kind of like low bar. That's you know? boring. Yeah. That's boring. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, you know, it, it's sort of a paradoxical thing, right? Because I think what happens, and I don't want to generalize about the French or Europeans in general. Go war, ahead. I I'll but I'll that, no, but, <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I, but I think the idea of a a more moderated pace of things, you know, uh-huh. that 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 things don't swing like you know the day was horrible and I got to make tonight fantastic and right. kind of things. because most of the people I think who live pretty satisfying, rewarding lives, the the amplitude of those swings isn't very big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean things get things are nice and then things oh was a little harder, but but I mean generally the trajectory is going up, but things generally are on a positive trajectory you know Mm -hmm. but i think for people who are sort of unhappy in an intense way they feel like i need to get happy at an equal level of intensity so i'm going to put forth all this effort in many ways that don't actually end up making me happy but uh the next day you regret it yeah (laughs) exactly right and i and i'm not even sure the fact that you may not remember much of that, <laughs> that you, into it, or, you know, makes it hard to imagine that that will be a lasting part of what you see as your positive experience, right. because most of it is gone.
3: Right. Except right. that tattoo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you had to, you had to bring that up. Didn't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> yeah. Is there a story there? You yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't go there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but, um, an- another side that I'd like to explore a little bit is, the the sexual tension aspect of going out. This is this is like a when you think about going on a date, it's at night. I'm trying to impress, you know, the opposite sex or it's, you know, at night. And the the whole ritual of getting ready. Okay, I'm gonna take a shower, I'm gonna wear my lucky pants or whatever girls put their makeup on it's, 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 you have, you have lucky, lucky pants, pants really
3: doesn't everybody I, have lucky pants <laughs> <laughs> i have
0: lucky boxes yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> all right <laughs> no but it's 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 this whole it it, it feels like a uh, it's like mating season every night kind of deal and it and does i'm i'm trying to draw a parallel between that and you know animals How... <laughs> Hold no. on, we are animals. We i yeah. animals. I'm not going to professor Paul. Let's <laughs> <talk> shit here. <laughs> but but my point is the, the the part of why people choose to partake in, in that experience is also you know the you know the attraction you know to the opposite sex or same sex yeah. and uh, how how does that fit into um like, how does that fit in this in, in this concept where we want to be we want to do this, we know what that takes, but to get to be part of that, oh we have to like <laughs> dress up and do all and get all go through all this ritual preparation
3: uh well, listen, I mean you know a a big part of of human life is centered around um relationships, and some of those relationships are are romantic relationships and and if you're if you're in one you're trying to maintain it and if you're if you're not in one you might be trying to get in one and so there's and there's an elaborate set of of rituals a lot of a lot of them are cultural right so we don't have prescribed things like 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 you know bighorn sheep or something that are gonna you know run into each other (laughs) uh, you know but we're but we but but culturally we we know what it means to to try to prepare to you know so so for people who are trying to meet somebody we know we, we know what it means to try to prepare for that and how you're supposed to be dressed. And, you know, we, we know, I mean, the the field of evolutionary psychology spends a lot of time looking at the various cues that people might use to determine whether somebody else is attractive. So if you think, for example, about dancing, right? Mm -hmm. Dancing, why is that a thing? And why is that particularly, why is that a thing when it relates to, um, to, to meeting potential romantic partners? Well, um, Part of what you display in dancing is coordination, right? Mm-hmm. And coordination is, uh, is or, a, or not, or some of us, some level <laughs> oh, of coordination. <laughs> Zero is also <laughs> a level of coordination, uh, and and so, um, and so you're you're displaying something that tells that tells other people quickly something about you. Right. So so if you if you have a, a particular level of smoothness, right, mm-hmm. that's that's much more immediately obvious when you're looking at somebody on a dance floor than when you're trying to find out about them through a conversation. So so a lot of these rituals are, are things that we do to provide information about ourselves. We're providing information about our taste, uh, about our coordination, about about how much money we're advertising that we have mm-hmm. you know because the the types of clothing that you wear are signals of mm-hmm. of financial success and 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 social class and other things right so we're we're projecting things about ourselves and so um so a lot of what we're doing is spending time thinking okay what am i trying to say about myself and i may not be doing that explicitly right i may not be be standing in front of the mirror saying no i think this projects something that's a little too
2: straight-laced <laughs> happens um, more than you think
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but, but certainly when you, when you look at yourself in a mirror or when you, when you picked out those clothes in the first place or when you found the lucky boxers, you know, it was, remember, there's <laughs> lucky <laughs> boxers, not lucky theme, briefs, <laughs> right? So you, you were making a decision there, uh, you know, early on. And so <laughs> that is the most interesting observation you've made, all, all the, all the maybe seven. ever. <laughs> um, and so, but 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 you know, all of this is 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 a is a communication process that is surrounding something that is a very important part of human experience. But back to your point, Bob, it's we're great storytellers.
1: Yeah.
0: So all of that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. anything. Right. And most, well, ch- most, most most time it doesn't mean anything at all.
1: Well, I, I, you know, I, I think part of it, too, has to do with goal setting. You know, I mean, as you were describing, you know, I, I'm meeting somebody. So what's the goal? Well, if the goal is to have a nice evening and a pleasant conversation, that's a different kind of preparing than expecting to get laid. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, so it's a whole different attitude about what does this night experience mean and what do I want it to mean? And I think a lot of times, you know, the reason that people invest so heavily in preparations and those kinds of things is they have very specific goals about what they want to have happen. And, you know, in most instances when we're meeting new people, there's a lot we can't predict about what's going to happen. Right. Right. And if your definition of a successful evening is pretty narrow well, then you've increased the likelihood you're going to be unhappy Agreed. than if you have a, a wider range of options that think, well, I, I could be happy if any one of these things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, that's an important thing, especially when you think about younger people who are still figuring out who they are and what kind of relationships they want to build with other people and those kinds of things. I, I think often, you know, media, whoever the hell they are, you know, <laughs> communicate things about what you should expect. That are often not necessarily healthy in the long term about what an experience is going to be like, what a relationship is going to be like, what time together is going to be like. And I think for young people who don't have a lot of experiences yet, it's understandable that they might misperceive what it means to go out in the evening and have a good time. Right. Because they might have goals that require such a narrow bandwidth that, man, you got to work really hard to make that happen. And the likelihood is it's it's actually not going to happen. So you sort of set yourself up to be (laughs) miserable a, a lot, which which I think, unfortunately, many people then use, you know, whatever mind altering substances is their preference to sort of make that okay, When, in fact, opening up what the options are for what counts as a successful evening
3: does the same thing. It also it also gives if you if you define success too narrowly, you you then don't enjoy most of the evening. Right. I mean, if your whole point of going out to dinner or going out for drinks and dinner and then and then music is for whatever's going to happen after that. Yeah. Then you, you haven't had as much fun with the dinner, the drinks and the music. Right. Which turns out to be a lovely evening. Right. On, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not after with. parties, what counts? Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so, so, so that's, you know, I think, I think a lot of times we're, you know, in life in general, and I think in nightlife as well, we're looking, we're looking on to the next thing, right? So, so you don't enjoy the opening act because you're waiting for the, because you're waiting for the main act to come on, but the opening act might be great. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, so, you know, in, find, find the stuff to enjoy all, all along the way. Let me uh, a couple of things. Want to
2: jump in here? Two points. One, from earlier conversation about dancing, little colloquialism here. I heard it's a vertical expression of horizontal desire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go on that one. Um, <laughs> two, I, I think you're very much right in defining your goals for the night in order to better set the expectation of like success or failure. And I think some of that is on people, but I think there's a lot of societal peer pressure on that. Sure. When I go out. People ask me, what did you do last night? Did you take anybody home? Did you get laid? Oh, you didn't? Oh, you're, you know, you're lame. Uh And (laughs) no, I still had a good time. But that's there. That's just, there's, there's a ascribed expectation, I feel, in society that that's defining what a successful night is. and You really have to fight that as an individual in order to be happy with what what you do when you go out. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, and I think a lot of the social conventions, you know, as Art was saying, culture has a lot to do with this, right? And so depending on where you are. And what venue you're in, I mean, there are some places where generally people who would choose to be in that environment probably have a different expectation in general than people who are going to a different kind of environment, whether it has to do with, you know, how much they're going to consume in the way of alcohol to what the relationship is going to be like with the people they're out with. Mm -hmm. I mean, all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things that, I mean, we, we are, and we should probably get into this at some point, we, we are environmentally controlled, right? I mean, the circumstances in which we find ourselves have a greater implicit influence on what we end up doing and saying than many of us would like to think you know we think we are who we are and we are who we are irrespective of the environment we're. well mm-hmm. i mean you just think about through any day that you exist mm-hmm. and you think you behave differently depending on what the environment is like and who the people are who are in that environment right. so i think a lot of the thing about you know the choice making thing and the goal setting can be aided And and sort of helped along by choosing, well, what kind of environments do I want to put myself in that are going to lead to the kinds of things that I'd like to have for myself in the way of social interactions and, you know, whatever pleasurable activities they happen to be.
2: Pro tip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and I think you add, you know, different types of environment, like a, a concert versus just a bar. Where a bar is more free form, like you're just in there, you walk in, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But a concert is, more, is a more restrictive type of environment where we're all facing the same direction, we're all listening to the same music, we're all you know, enjoying ourselves.
2: I think there's different types of, I think you're describing it, different types of environment elicit different types of social situations. Mm-hmm. And maybe y'all can talk a little bit to, um, one of the things we talk a lot on this show about is concerts and nightlife. Right? Concerts and music is a big part Of our show because it's a big part of Austin and a big part of our environment here yeah yeah and there's a difference between going to a concert going to dinner and what have you can y'all speak a little bit to the differences maybe that someone experiences at a show in live music whereas as back was explaining you're together in a group all facing the same way kind of in that shared experience doing the same thing versus at a bar where it's a lot more free flowing and you're all individually doing different things at that same environment. Yeah, thank you for asking my question.
3: I just <laughs> ramble when he comes up with the question. So, so one, of, one of the things we know uh, from, from some research is that um, when people engage in, a, in an activity where they act in synchrony with other people, mm-hmm. they actually feel closer to those people in that moment and this could be true if you're marching with people but it's also true going to a concert like when you're if you're at a big concert and everyone's clapping in time with the music Mm -hmm. you actually end up feeling closer with all of the people in the audience even though you're all facing the same direction you're not looking at each other but it's it's the shared activity and that's one of the things that 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 music does i mean music is uh creates a certain amount of synchrony because there's a common beat Right. That, that 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 everyone is sharing. And mm-hmm. so it it actually creates a communal experience, which uh, a, a regular bar scene doesn't do. Right. There's music playing in the background, but basically that serves as noise that requires everyone else to shout over it in order to have. That <laughs> <conversation>. <laughs> Tell me about it. And so and so what you have in a in a bar is is a whole bunch of, of groups having independent interactions. And so you don't feel close to everybody else right. in the bar. Um, You know, that that amount of noise might create some energy, some arousal, but it doesn't it doesn't make you feel close to anybody. But being in a concert really does create this this bonding experience that can be really wonderful and is one of the reasons why uh, why live music is, is is so much different than listening to recorded music in your own home. Yeah, and this and this thing about synchrony and what music provides in that
1: mm-hmm. is is really a very primitive part of who we are. Uh, some interesting research has been done at McMaster University in Canada, where I- infants who are in a in a little child carrier, right, if 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 an individual moves in synchrony with somebody else, right, that that child is likely to see that other adult more positively. Than if the other adult is bouncing up and down at a different speed. Now that's a that's a really primitive thing to mm-hmm. think that infants that have no sense of what the hell's going on, but they do know you and I are moving together. So that must mean you and I have some relationship that some is important. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Is there such thing as go go out t- too much
0: or too little? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Asking um, for a friend.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I've well done my time. I think. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah.
3: one one of the things that we've talked about a lot on our show is the importance of sleep, mm. and so secret to success. Yeah it, yeah, it turns out that sleep matters, and uh, there's a simple test that everyone can do. Um, find a book and sit down and try and read it at two thirty in the afternoon. Okay. If you fall asleep within five minutes of starting to read at two thirty in the afternoon, you're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's okay to stay up every once in a while really late, you know, to do something. But I think if if you get to the point where you're operating on three or four hours of sleep a night because you're going out every night and then trying to get up to go to work, um, then you're, you're, you're really doing your brain a disservice. You're, you're, you're going to be not only are you not going to be as sharp mentally, you're, you're going to actually be emotionally uh, riding a little bit more of a roller coaster Mm -hmm. and, and you're not going to engage in, in social interactions that are as pleasant. So, so I think one of the things that, that, one of the signs that you might be going out too much is is if you're really chronically underslept. Yeah.
1: And 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 and
3: sleep has so ha, impacts so many
1: aspects of right. who we are, how we think, how we respond to the things that we encounter during the day. And you know, I I think I think it's understandable that many people again, culturally in the United States, being driven, you know, working hard, playing hard, that kind of thing, it just sounds so great except our our bodies and our minds weren't built to do that, right? I mean, they were built, I mean, really, if you think about it, why why would evolution select for a trait where you're unconscious one-third of every day, right? <laughs> I, I mean, really. That, and and so there has to be a reason for that that's really mm-hmm. important. But now we have lots of ways to keep ourselves awake longer. We have artificial light. We have caffeine. We, we have Red Bull. You know, we have all kinds of things to do to keep ourselves awake long after our bodies have told us, you know, you should really close your eyes and go to sleep right now. And and I think one of the reasons that this has such important consequences for people is what it has to do with a sense of well-being, right? I mean, mental health is dependent upon sleep. And if you think about almost every mental health disorder, mm-hmm. one of the co-contributors to that is not sleeping well. and and I And I think, you know, a lot of times <clears> – <throat> We think because it seems this way. Well, if I stay up, you know, really late on the weekends, and then I sleep in late, and I will kind of make up for all that. Actually, it's
2: not a thing. It's not a thing.
1: It's not a. thing. Sorry, so I can catch yeah. up uh, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, we sound like a couple of old fogies here, saying, you know, <laughs> which, get by to the bed. way, we are. Get, get, yeah, get to bed, kids. Uh, but, uh, but I think, but I think, you know, when when most of us have a goal that we want to get the most out of all the experiences that we have. All the opportunities we have, make the most of those. Those always get better when we're rested. They always get better when we're slept.
3: Now that said, right, going out one night on the weekend till two a.m. Yeah, that that's great. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. It's just, you know, but, but, but the issue is if, if this now becomes, well, you know, it, we started off, it was going to be Thursday to Sunday, but you know what? Wednesday's almost Thursday. So <laughs> you
0: know. day, let's go. Right. Yeah. So, Tuesday, so, let's you know, go. so
3: now if it's, now if it's five, six days a week that you're going out and staying out late, well now you're going to start suffering from that. And that's right. really the place where you want to, you want to take a step back and, and, and really uh, rethink things before, before you before you get sick, really, and and you throw in age in the uh, in in play here, where
0: you know, I realized uh just last weekend that <laughs> clubs are just not for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Lounges are better, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, this loud and being being around a bunch of twenty year olds, like, okay, no, I, that's that's not my thing anymore. And when you add the the more you know, as you get older, the responsibilities. Sure. And you know, you, you try to you know make the right choices, even though you chose to be part of this, and you're telling yourself, "Yeah, I deserve to be out there and having a good time." But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Yeah, but tomorrow I have this presentation. I got this, 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 yeah. and that." So, time is not. And age does not help
3: in that. No, no, it doesn't. And it's funny. So I, I in, in in my in my spare time I play in a band. And one of the things our band's a bunch of old guys. And so and so we we actually like the early show. You mm-hmm. know, like all the, that show that the that the clubs have all this difficulty booking because every band wants to be playing at, you know, it's a two headline, in the morning. Right? Yeah. right? we no no, give us the early <laughs> the earlier the better. You know, we we've lately we've been playing at 6.30 in the afternoon. We're like, <laughs> bring it on. And our, our people will come out to six: 6.30 <laughs> show. They got stuff to do. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. They're the band of the early bird special. That's right.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. Exactly.
2: I want to take the same topic, but I want to sidestep it and hit it from a different angle. Right? So we talked about sleep and how, do you remember the core question was, is, there, is going out too much or too little, is that a thing? Is that something to be concerned about? Uh, I want to tack it from the angle of is, it, is there such a thing as being too much an extrovert, going out there and getting too much of that social experience, too much of that synchronicity, where maybe you lose some of the individual self in id? Is that a thing that can happen? Is there any studies on that? Anything that I've heard of?
3: Well, I, if you think about the, the concept of extroversion, right? So there's there's what are called the big five personality uh, characteristics. Uh, mm-hmm. And and one of those big five is extroversion and it's opposite introversion. And, and there are big individual differences in that. And it turns out with most personality characteristics, most of us sit in the middle. Most of us have a little bit of introversion, a little bit of extroversion. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people who are extreme on both ends. And, uh, you know one of the things that that people should do is to try to live in a way that is relatively true to that, to, to, to the, to what they're motivated to do. And that's where those personality characteristics come in. Now, if you're the sort of person who is really extroverted, so you just, you want to be in the middle of it all the time. You want to be the focus of attention. You want to be in those social situations. Um, you know you're going out a lot or at least putting yourself into uh, a lot of situations where there are a lot of people that that's going to be a great thing for you mm-hmm. and and likewise if you're very much on the introverted side and really what you want is small conversations with a small group of friends well that's where you ought to be living the thing to remember is most of us do fall in the middle most of us have both of those pieces and so what you'll find if, you, if you're if you like most people and you're sitting in the middle, you'll go out a couple of times and then you'll kind of wake up the next day and you'll have friends who might be on that more extroverted side say, come on out again. And you might be rebelling against that. Um, listen to that voice. right? <laughs> Give yourself a chance to have a quieter night hanging out in a, in a lower key environment because you may actually be motivated in both directions at different times. And so and so don't, don't really, you know, I, I think it's not good to force yourself in either direction. I mean, if you absolutely hate crowds and you've tried it, right, it's not right. that you've never tried it. Mm-hmm. You really just, that's not your environment. Uh, you know, don't, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Um, you can find, there are plenty of wonderful things to do on an evening that don't involve uh, a thousand of your closest friends in something <laughs> <days>. <laughs> and something
1: and, and I think part of that gets back to what we were talking about earlier about, being in an age where you're trying to establish who you are and what you're going to be like, right? And and I think, there, you know, we all recognize there's a tremendous amount of social pressure if we have a group of friends to be like the group, uh, even if we're not. Mm-hmm. And I think probably a good question to ask is how often in a week do you say to yourself, you know, I'm here, I, I really don't want to be here. Because if that, if, if that answer is a lot, you know, you, you although there are a lot of times I find myself in a place saying, I I don't want to be here. Well, then it's time to rethink how you're setting up those expectations and setting mm-hmm. up the environments for yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. And which friends you listen to. And which friends you listen to, <laughs> yeah.
1: Because I think, you know, when, when if someone is is somewhat more reserved and would rather not be out all the time, and they have friends who are more so and they want them to come out, the friends are saying that with the best of intentions, because right. everything about what they're thinking is, I-, I always have a good time when you do this, so you'll have a good time. Well, actually, I'm so not you, right? I mean, you have a way of experiencing other people, interacting with people. I'm different from that. And I think sometimes having those conversations with friends so everybody understands where everybody feels comfortable, where you prefer to be and where you don't prefer mm-hmm. to be, is a way to kind of increase happiness, really, mm-hmm. because now you don't feel like you're being pressured to do things that you might not otherwise wanna do. So it's
2: almost nowhere you fall on the bell curve. Exactly, of this, yeah. Or as the kids say, stay in your lane.
0: Yeah, but on the, on the flip side of that, you, you got the people who just always wanna roll solo. Yeah. And I just feel like, look, I don't need to have a bunch of people, you know, pressure me on doing things that I'm I'm good on my own. Yeah. So how how does that how does that fit?
3: Well, again, right. I mean, you know, that's you know, we each have different uh, different ways of interacting. Right. And we we have different um, different types of what's called a self construal. Mm -hmm. Right. So some people define themselves independently of everyone else and some people define themselves interdependently from everyone Mm. else. Some people see themselves as the ringleader, as the, you know, I'm, I am part, part of who I am is my connection to my social group and other people, their, their definition of self is really about my own personal characteristics and, and I think that to the extent that you tend to define yourself more independently, then you don't necessarily feel like you need the group in order to feel like yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you define yourself interdependently, then almost by definition, you actually need that group around even to feel like yourself. Yeah. And so, and, and where this can cause tension is where you have some people in your social group who are more interdependent, and some who are more independent where the interdependent people are constantly grabbing right. and saying, I need, I need you in order for me to have a good evening. And you're saying, wait a second, I don't, I'm not sure I need anyone to have a good evening. <laughs> right. Uh, so, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, I, you know, in that situation, you have to find a way to, if you're, if you're the more independent sort, you have to find a way to, to craft a certain amount of time that is not going to be dependent on what everybody else is trying to do.
0: Yep. What, what, what I find interesting, I um, when I go out, and I think we all do this, is people watch. Yeah. I mean, it is national nice geographic. It's really what <laughs> I will right. describe it. You've been
2: it. on both ends of that show. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it's interesting how you take a group, say, of five people, and each person takes on a specific role in that group. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the role that they they take on in the daytime at work, like you, you, you'll... You know, you'll be able to pick out who has the manager job because that's the person like, all right, we're going to leave. We're going to go to this place and in yeah. that place and yeah. that place. And then you have the maybe, you know, the the office goofball was always like, oh, let's take another round of shots or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think that the, the dynamics in the group are very revealing into in the, the true character, you know, of, of, the, of the people in it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the question. Was the yeah. question.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we agree. We, no, <laughs> no, I mean, and that's the thing about personality is is that um, your your you you know, your personality, the particular behaviors you're going to engage in in a situation mm-hmm. are dependent in part on the environment. But your own personality is still going to shine through uh, quite a bit. So for example, the really conscientious person in the group is the one who's making sure that, you know, the check is taken care of mm-hmm. and that everybody contributed their share. And, you know, and, and so you've got, uh, you know, the agreeable person is the one who's making sure that, the that the that the two people in the corner were sniping at each other. Like, hey, let's calm down. Let's just have a good time, <laughs> you know? So, so you you really are going to get, um, those personality characteristics are, are going to influence the group dynamic. I want to... Um, so, as we started
0: this whole conversation about saying that we're social creatures and we kind of have a need to be around people, and in the world today where, yeah, you don't need to go to movie theater to watch a movie anymore. You can just get Netflix. Like, mm-hmm. if we've we, if gone to a you point, can
3: watch this podcast on Facebook. You can, exactly. <laughs> <Ding>! Exactly. So,
0: <laughs> so, is that... Um, do you see that as a as a detrimental trend today? In a sense that basically we have to go out to find entertainment, to go to shows, to be around people, to go to a bar, to meet people, and now it's like, look, I can just do it on my phone. I can at some point it come up with VR goggles you can put on, and then here you are at the show, you it's never have another conversation. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not got yeah. a good, good one now. But um, long term, um, is that detrimental? Uh, even though we have all the, all this technology that's supposed to connect us, well, and now we're just you know, everything's delivered, you know, at home or yeah. on a piece of technology.
1: Well, you know, I mean, we've done a number of shows about communicating with other people mm-hmm. in some way other than face to face, right? I mean, whether it's the way we curate our Facebook page, or when we interact through Twitter or some chat message or something like that. That's a different kind of communication, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you're in the presence of another human being, what you have the advantage of is you see them responding to you in the moment. And I think, you know, the reason a lot of communication online is coarser than I think most of us would like it to be is in large part because people their their filters are down because they're not getting any responses to what they're doing. If I'm banging out something on my keyboard mm-hmm. and hitting submit or send, I don't see anybody receiving that and responding to it. And if you and I are having a conversation, I can see your face and I can see what you're looking at and when you're smiling and when you look unhappy and those kinds of things. So that changes the nature of the inter- of the interaction. What what I think is potentially problematic about that is when that kind of interaction with other human beings is your primary and maybe even your only kind of interaction. Because you don't really have a sense of, first of all, how you're affecting other people Mm -hmm. through your communication, whatever it is. And also, you really don't have a sense of really what other people say. Because when we type something or write something or post a photo... Uh, That's a different thing than seeing someone express something in person, right? Right. I mean, when we're having a conversation with somebody... There's a lot of things that are being communicated other than the words, right? right. I mean, there are lots a lot of, of stuff. Body expressions. Yeah, that's going back, back back and forth that we miss when we're just communicating in some electronic version that doesn't have live interaction.
2: And I always
3: I' like say there's no backspace in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, the other thing that happens is there's there's real value in shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And and so, you know, when 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 everyone's having an individual experience. And and they're 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 sharing it over this very narrow bandwidth of communication. That's just not the same as being there, right? I mean, so so being at a football game and and watching, you know, the the, the play unfold and watching you know the entire crowd respond to that, going to a concert and seeing a particularly magical musical moment, mm-hmm. right? Those those experiences create Uh, a a shared experience among a number of people, whether it's a large-scale experience like a big concert or or a sporting event, or even if it's just your group of friends getting together. You know, the other thing is these immersive experiences are much more memorable, right? I mean, if you think about it, um, you probably, you know, on, on on a typical day, may answer 20, 30, 50, 70 emails, none of which you remember at the end of the day. Thankfully, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But 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 partly you don't remember them because they're not a deeply immersive experience. But if you've seen a great concert in your life, chances are you can tell the entire story about that concert and remember particular songs and where you were sitting in the arena and what it felt like when the encore came on and all of these other things. That, that that immersion creates this this memory that you then get to share with the other participants that that brings you all closer together. So it's extraordinarily important to overcome the inertia of sitting on the couch with your phone and 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 just typing away to people and actually get together, go out and do stuff. And and, and I, I think I think I would add to that too, there there are a
1: lot of times where people are physically together, but not, not together, together yeah right yeah. Uh, and and i and i think that certainly diminishes the the potential positive effect of being together with other people because you got stuff happening on your phone and they got something happening on their phone and it's not really we're not having to like, have a conversation and i think really when you think about it what what happens in shared experiences goes beyond just the moments of the experience right mm-hmm. it that after the concert we're talking about the concert right you know uh-huh. we're talking to other people about the concert and now the experience reaches far beyond just us and this thing that happened that we were a part of right now it becomes something that provides a bridge to have conversations be, with art and me because we were both there and now other people who weren't there I can now have something to convey to them and so it creates a whole different opportunity for human interaction that wouldn't happen if we were just sort of in our own world you know reading a book at home and staying alone but you know
0: it's it's kind of a paradox because we, we want to be social and yet we're not the, the saddest thing i've ever seen was a group a bachelorette party the 15 girls sitting around the couch at a bar, all on their phone.
2: Yeah.
0: Saddest thing I've ever seen.
2: Yeah.
0: Do um, you have any questions? i yeah. said we
2: take questions from the crowd. Uh, we got them.
0: a beautiful crowd here today. Thanks so much <laughs> for coming through. Uh, we have a wireless mic. If anybody got any questions to, to ask uh, Bob and Art, feel free. Yeah. if you, you, you want to come and sit here? or you, you want welcome stay? to come. You don't have <laughs> to. You don't have to. You don't have to. No pressure. No pressure. Go for it.
2: Um, Into the mic. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so...
1: Right, uh, what you were just discussing, right, like about, uh, for instance, Facebook, or, uh, I mean, there are virtual experiences that are shared, right, like video games or so, Mm -hmm. in which a lot of people actually have this experience and, again, you know, like, relate this way or or actually, I mean, which uh, to me actually poses a question to the conclusions you were coming up with, but then also just, like, when talk, I mean, if it so happens that everybody is actually talking more through their phones, wouldn't the necessity of still expressing emotions come up as emojis or gifs or something else? You know that <laughs> that yeah. manifests those emotions anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, so a couple of things to say. First of all, absolutely, we 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 always use technologies to try to create social experiences because we are social creatures so we try to duplicate that as much as possible and and so there there certainly are you know some some attempts to do that that are better than others and and and, and there are times where there are actually things like shared video games that might actually be easier to do uh with technology than without so it's, this isn't to say all technology is bad all the yeah. time yeah. um but um, I, you know, I, I, I do think that that we um, we have to recognize that 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 when we the further away we move from the ideal form of communication, which is a small group of people face to face in real time uh, who, who who speak the same language, the further away we get from that, the harder it is to communicate. Now we desperately try to get all of the stuff that we're missing back into the conversation. So because of, because text is really hard for expressing emotion, we have emoticons and then emojis and, and those are okay, but, but they're still not quite the same, right? Because, because you have to put the emoji somewhere usually goes at the end, But the, but the, but the arched eyebrow actually came at a particular word when you, when you wanted when you spoke (laughs) it in your head and then you had to add that later. And now you're hoping that they're going to fill that in in the right place. But this is why there are still times where you miscommunicate, even with really good friends, where you meant something to be completely ironic. And they're like, that was just mean. And you're like, "No, no, 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 I was, I was just joking. Right. And now you've totally derailed the conversation because despite your best efforts, um, the, the the tone of voice that you would have gotten uh, completely correct if you'd been with the person is, is missing. So, so it's just it's a lot more work, right? It's not that you can't do it, and it's not that you can't find these repairs. It's just you got to do a lot of extra work to overcome what happens when you're not together in the same place. I, I, I think I think one of the most interesting ways to think about this <clears throat> and,
1: and and how much the presence of another human being actually influences what an interaction is like mm-hmm. is imagining the difference between typing to someone who shares your language and being in the presence of someone who speaks an entirely different language that you don't understand. And you think about how much you can convey if you were to sit down and have a meal together. You couldn't speak each other's languages, but there's stuff on the table, there's food coming. How much communication there would be without a word, right? And and I would argue that communication would be much richer than two people typing in in separate rooms, right? Even though the words would be the same, because as as Art's saying, you may have, you know, an emoji that has an arched eyebrow, but to pair it with the word or to pair it with what just happened, the timing of all of that is crucial to understanding another human being. And when you remove things in time, well, now I've got to do a lot of translating in my head that I don't have to do if you and I are sitting in the same room at the same time.
0: And you're doing this at a concert that's taken away from everything you're right. on the show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just
0: to bring, bring it back. But uh, I want to bring, bring up this, this concept of FOMO. You know, we were talking about <laughs> earlier uh, how we're always looking, looking for the next best thing. Yeah. Right? I and think
2: before you go further, just you know, for the people that may not know what FOMO stands for is an acronym. The fear of missing out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have missed out if you didn't say <laughs> it about uh, fomo I was afraid. So meta.
1: I was afraid. It was very meta. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so th- th- this idea that, okay, I'm out. I'm out with my friends and whatever environment I'm in right now is not good enough. Yeah. And I'm going to spend more time looking for the next thing than enjoying this this moment right now. Yeah. It, it, has then Has there been research on FOMO, um, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm, what do you mean, hey, 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 hey?
3: Did you say, this? I mean. Not that, asking for I'm a just, friend. Because uh,
0: yes. <laughs> right now, I could be at this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that's in this I'm
3: room asking. is thinking that. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but is is this, it's this a new, is
3: it a, a, a new phenomenon or something that's all, that it existed? It's not new. It's not new. No, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. this is, this is why Buddhism exists. I mean, if you think about it, right, I mean, Buddhist philosophy is all about, you know, let's be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you think about, you know, one of the things that, that, that the human mind has is a remarkable capacity for time travel. And so often we're not in the moment We're we're in we're in a previous moment or worried about a future moment. But we're not in this moment. So in some sense, you know, the, 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 I mean, a number of Buddhism is only one. A number of religions have actually and, 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 and philosophies have tried to say, you know what, try to enjoy where you are right now mm-hmm. um, because, because it's very easy to get lost either in the future or the past. Right. There are for for every person who's thinking I could have been I could be doing something better right now. So maybe I should be looking towards that. There's also somebody worrying about the, the, the comment that they made to somebody that might have been misinterpreted where they ruin their evening because they think they might have insulted somebody. Right. I mean, so so um, one of the things all of us have to learn is actually let's be here now. Right. Let's let's actually enjoy this moment for what it is and then and then enjoy the next moment later.
1: You know, I art would be disappointed if I didn't bring up uh, it's true. it's right. how <laughs> how privileged we all are who are in this room and who live in this town
3: or on Facebook yeah, watching. or yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> I mean I
1: mean th- th- this is th- this is a remarkably good life that all of us enjoy right and it it seems uh, s- sad to me to screw that up. But one of the ways I think we inadvertently do that, is imagine things that could be better and whether it's fomo or some other i mean it it, it could be you know i have this job now but you know i'm just kind of this is a holding pattern because i'm going to get a better job Mm -hmm. and you know art and i have many students at the university who to me are way less happy than i think they should be with the idea in mind well i'm going to suffer now and then i'll graduate and then life will start mm-hmm. and it'll be lovely. Well, actually, life started a long time ago and this is it,
3: you know, <laughs> and, and right. two decades into it. Yes. <laughs>
1: exactly. hey, what were you doing all this time? It, 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 exactly. Right. And, and I think, you know, that, there's an old saw that, you know, the, the perfect is the enemy of the good. Right. I mean, most of us are not choosing between something really great and something really awful. We're choosing among several great things and some pretty good things. And to make any of those less than positive, mm-hmm. because we're not sure if it's the very best thing, is a sad mistake.
3: Even a mediocre piece of candy is still a pretty good piece of candy. Uh, yeah. Still candy. It's still candy. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah, you yeah. think about it for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so you're living in a fast. And- <laughs> All right. We're going to
2: wrap any things qu- up. Any,
0: any other question in the audience? Have
2: anything we've talked about? Nope.
0: We'll bring up something new. No, well, we're right in an hour. So All right, we going to wrap things up. Ard right, Bob, thank you so much for it's doing this. It's been our pleasure. Thanks, Can you pl- pl- plug you your podcast?
1: Go ahead and two guys on your head. You get it wherever podcasts are. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher,
3: uh, yeah, all, yeah, all I, those I places, so all those good. And, and, and for those of you who like your podcasts in written form, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did a book a couple of years ago called brain briefs that mm. is, uh, is, is, uh, answers to 40 random questions you never knew you had about psychology ranging from the really important, like how do we make ourselves happy to the perhaps less important, like why are kitten videos? So awesome. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Available wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Miko. Mm-hmm. Thank you, audience. You've been
0: fabulous. Really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Shout out to Native. Follow the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram feedback B A K. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Goodbye, world.